0: This week we'll be talking about Nintendo Direct Mini being a biggie, God of War fans are the worst and if video game fans in general have a problem, Overwatch 2 beta impressions and more on season 6 episode 25 Press X to start podcast. Up, everyone. I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Dussy. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is here?
1: Uh, I'm your heavyweight oh. champion from Which Nigga Boy California, a.k.a. The janitor because we watch niggas, a.k.a. Marcusi. <laughs>
2: Keep the trade rolling. <laughs> this is Sean MF Ross. What the MF stand for? <laughs> On (laughs) Yussie. I thought he was going to say, Mother Pussy. (laughs) Mother Pussy. (laughs) Uh,
1: Go on. I'm
2: Avery. Go on. That Avery. Avery. (laughs) The the silent sissy. (laughs) Disappearing. Let me stop. No! <laughs> Come oh, back to the screen. We kind of yeah, need stop. him for the next part. <laughs> <sighs> oh, um,
0: you know, that's, that's who we are. Uh, PressX Star Pie is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, <laughs> review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we're playing. Oh, okay. Our goal is to expand the video game Media Landscape through an underserved point of view. I got tears in my eyes.
2: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Press X to <laughs> Stussy.
2: <laughs> at least it ain't extra spit in your mouth for once remember when that was a problem <laughs> you're right don't forget hit that look-see <laughs> click on that subscricy,
0: and then hit that I'm just, notification I'm, <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm just
0: leaving uh, I
3: don't, <laughs> it's not what I signed up for I came here to talk about hard-hitting video game news from an outside perspective
0: oh my god no you're right you're right you know what I, I like that we'll we'll definitely do that Avery hard hitting
2: like Jaina Jameson's real sex 3D anyway continue oh my god <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not that I've
0: ever played that now that you know what kind of uh podcast you're gonna get now let's jump into the quick hits <laughs> Avery,
3: Ooh, really? Really? That's your set that I, I need a full <laughs> five minutes of just like dead air silence before we jump into this.
1: This man brought up Jenna Jameson. <laughs> Good God. Oh my god. Oh I haven't heard, have heard that name worse. in years. Just leaked. <laughs> could have been could have been, worse for could have been worse. Oh, it could have been Avery. way worse, yeah.
2: Oh my god. Anyway. Avery. Wavery. Take it away.
0: Oh, no, no. We got to wait about, what, three minutes and 40 seconds?
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Whenever you're ready, Avery. (laughs) So we had a Nintendo Direct Mini, which is essentially Nintendo's first, uh, I guess, uh, inclusion in Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest 2022, which I kind of forgot we were still technically in. So there's some great branding for you. Uh yeah. but yeah, they had a mini direct, which they said is going to focus on third party partners, and I was generally wound. They made a bunch of announcements and a lot of cool things for the Nintendo switch, like I guess library of uh of games, but in terms of like the greater e three uh sort of environment, there was nothing of any consequence, especially if you compare this third party direct with what the PlayStation third party state of play was, there was not much meat there, but the, essentially, what they talked about was. A big, big thing for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is an expansion of a game that is already on Switch, out, and then Capcom has already had their own thing about. So that reminds you of there. Nier Automata, the end of the year of your edition, is getting put on Switch. So if you're a Nier fan, I guess, and also plays on Switch, it's there for you, too. So wait,
0: real quick. Before watching this, I was kind of amazed by how good it looked. And I remember playing the demo, and it's like
3: it's probably uh, it's probably the pc version
0: of the game oh the game is okay. out also on pc oh that's dirty okay mm. upsetting yeah because I'll, I'll watch some of this stuff i was like oh this actually looks really really good and i was like oh this is kind of an amazing like performance jump from what i played from the demo but if it's
1: switch could never
0: kind of showing the, that's what i'm thinking like if they if they Show which, the PC version, yeah. Switch or not.
3: To... Uh, there's an anapurna game called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. So, if you like anapurna games, this looks like a cool anapurna game that will probably be on every platform real quick. There was Super Bomberman R2, so I guess, yeah,
0: Bomberman is always cool.
3: Yeah, something I thought was cool, but it's just one of those things. Okay, was that the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection? I remember playing those games on GBA, and I love a good mm. RPG, so I'm like, that's great. <laughs> it's not all the Mega Man Battle Network games but well, it's at least three of them, so. <laughs> uh, Pac-Man World Repack, uh, which is the, I guess the 3D platforming game. I, I'm not sure if this is a brand new game or one of the old 3D platforming Pac-Man games. I think, I think it's just a
2: remastered version of one of the original ones that I played a demo of, of course.
3: Something that stood out mm. amongst the wheat and chaff of it was mm. Blanc, which is published by Gearbox. and It's that Fox and the Hound game, except you're a fox and a deer. And it's uh, it's all black and white. It's a, the game looks good.
1: Is this game also about racism?
0: I mean, like it's it's obviously going to be set up to like you're going to be traveling with this unlikely pair. And then something tragic is probably going to happen where the deer has to eat the or where, where the fox have to eat the deer. And like the fox is like i don't want to i don't want to do it but the deer's like you have to eat me because if you don't eat me you're gonna freeze to death and we're both gonna die so and then the deer's like
1: let me inside of you
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> inside of that don't do it
2: don't you do it You sound like the whole car
3: trying to start up. Keep moving on. <laughs> Uh, they also showed uh, Return to Monkey Island, so we got a little bit more of that. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Wait a goddamn minute.
2: What do they mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> know Return this. to Monkey Island. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then... so, um,
0: wait, wait, wait. Before we jump, um, there was some uh, game fans being idiots, and essentially they were kind of upset not not kind of they were very upset by how the return of monkey island looked and they started to hammer on the developer i don't remember his name Wrong, to the Gilbert. point where it, it looks like yeah.
2: ass comparatively wow okay, okay.
0: well um I, I, the thing is like i don't have any reference for return of monkey island like i've actually never seen anything on monkey Island. i've just heard of it so in my mind i thought was like oh this looks fine like i don't really
3: it, it, it think, it, it, but i think the, i think the game looks good Okay. I think people complaining about it doesn't look like the old games. I mean, you're SOL, I guess. Like, this isn't like, <laughs> I don't.
0: I- yeah. So essentially, um, the developer, he, he basically came out on Twitter and said, like, hey, I'm I'm not going to be sharing anything else. Like, this is, it basically broke him, essentially. And it was just like, oh, that, that sucks. That really sucks. And then, and he was, it was a thing of everyone wanted him to come back and make the game. So he, put it together. He made the game and you know, the, the whole vocal minority thing just being a problem. So
3: yeah. Uh, I think the game looks great. I'm not excited for the game because I don't give a shit about those type of games comparatively, but I think the game looks great. Uh, shout out to the creative team from Knights and Bikes who are the art team for this game. I think their uh, mm-hmm. art style really pops here. Then uh, we got Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, which hey, this game is actually coming out. Uh, I'm pretty sure they gave it a release date and it Ubisoft went on later to have a, I guess, a Ubisoft showcase for the game afterwards. So comparatively, it was the biggest game here. But most of the real info we got at the Ubisoft thing afterwards. Uh,
2: I feel like the first game was slept on. DJ, did you play it?
0: Play the first one? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, I played it. I just I fell off of it because I just didn't. I like that. I guess that X type. I don't remember the actual style as or but like i like those games i just fell off of it because it just i there wasn't enough for me there because i ended up playing like maybe maybe about three or four hours of the game so like i got into it but it was just wasn't enough like from what they showed from this i really really like this and i'm definitely gonna pick this up so i was really happy with like Uh, the fact that they made it like kind of running around you don't like it what do you mean by that running around yeah so like it's it's no longer grid based so you can like run around you can get to cover mm. easy not easier but no that's but yeah see like
3: i mean it's neither here or there in terms of what it's better i mean it's still operating mm. on grid base it's just now instead of having complex control of where you're moving to and where you're thing now you're also having to deal with every little movement i make now subtract from what i can make uh
2: yeah. action you can do
3: at least that's what I'm assuming or even be like, oh, you can move out anywhere you want in this thing and there's no real like penalty to that because I think that would probably what they would do. But in my head, when you give a character in the XCOM like games that give you full on movement of your character in that space, there's tends to be a limit to the amount of movement you can make in that space. Mm. Now, my only want is they fix the whole thing where you can only play as a team of Mario plus rabbits or just full rabbits. Because, like, fuck that noise. I wanted to play as if Mario, Peach, and Luigi threw this uh, game, and I had to use the rabbits.
0: Yeah. yeah. From what I saw, because I actually watched the coverage, they didn't, they didn't talk about the team composition and, and how that would work. But um, in terms of moving around, I think it is a thing of you get a field around you, you can move around anywhere in that field, and then you end your... Or you, you, you move, and then you attack, or whatever, and then you end your turn. So I don't think it's going to be, like, every step you take, it's detracting from like some kind of counter or something. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool. I like the new character Edge or whatever. And uh they showed Bowser so it was like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it another shot.
1: Edge from the WWE is in this game?
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, actually, I believe in this Edge is a woman cuz I I think when they were either talking about her, they used uh, you know, she/her pronouns. So yeah. And this is coming out this year. Oof. I almost, I almost clicked stop recording. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah.
3: I would've been okay didn't. with that. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> they chose a bunch of smaller games: Jesus. Like <laughs> Noah, of or Paradise Railgrade. Uh, Show a interesting game called RPG Time: Legend of Right. The funny thing about this game is we've already seen it. I think we saw it ages ago. Uh, yeah, it's being published by Aniplex, which, if you know, is a subsidiary of Sony. Which, <laughs> oh, which had the most interesting uh, interaction on Twitter between Shuhei Yoshida and like fans of this game, and that someone pointed out it was by Andy Plex, and he's like, huh, <laughs> like why are <is> the PlayStation <laughs> why is, why aren't we as PlayStation dealing with, with this game? Why is it here? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, the shut up more Sonic Frontiers. Oh. There's not much to say about this game. If you're if if you're a fan of this game, you're already a fan of this game. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Hello, well. Yeah, there's nothing that can be changed about uh, interpretation of this game. Uh, they showed off Disney's Dreamlight Valley, Live a Live Again, uh, Doraemon, Harvest Moon game, which is interesting. Minecraft Legends got shown off here as well. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, Portal got, I'm pretty sure they re-showed the Portal collection on Switch, uh, so if you're a big Portal fan, it's Portal on Switch. Uh mm. which sparked the, wow, Square is just putting out games meme on Twitter. Uh, Switch, and then they, sort of, they ended with the three Persona games, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal all being on Switch. Uh, like I said, uh, this was a, this is a Nintendo Direct that, frankly, unless you're a hardcore Nintendo fan, where, like, just the idea of games existing on Switch makes you happy, mm-hmm. then, like, you didn't need to watch this.
0: Yeah, the uh, Persona Five Royal coming to Switch. I, I told Shereen, and she was super happy for that because she wanted to play Persona. So, really, yeah, huh. yeah, she was she was really interested. That like, I was like, ah, well, it's for PlayStation, and she's like, well, that's not gonna work. I was like, ah, yeah, you know,
3: I mean, DJ could not play Genshin for like a week and let your wife play the <laughs> best Persona <electronic laughs> game of all time. I mean, well, actually,
0: no, at that
1: point, it was more so just Gundam.
3: Actually, even worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dj i'm gonna need you to start up a segment in what we've been playing when she starts playing persona 5 where you tell us about who she's romancing and what okay. she's been up to yes yeah
0: <laughs> i'll just say words because i have no idea what the context is around it. <laughs> oh man so yeah i mean overall i think the, the pretty much to get to what avery was saying like this was a show for people who have switch and want games to play for their switch and nintendo's mm-hmm. giving them games to play for their switch i me personally i think there's a couple games in here that i really enjoyed i kind of talked about those um yeah, yeah that's it i just kind of took it as that and kept it moving
3: yes uh anyway so our next story is kotaku.com this is from zach schweizen after nearly a decade of development ubisoft's Power game likely out in november so we all remember skull and bones which is the spin-off to assassin's creed 4 black flag in which that game was like a surprise to everyone at the beginning of the PlayStation 4 generation. It sold really well. So Ubisoft was like, all right, we're going to spin off the pirate section and make it its own game. And then that game was in development, hell for like nearly 10 years. Uh, at one point, it was a game that was you're only on chips. So everyone was like, oh, this is weird. Then at certain point, it was a game of service kind of a situation. Like, it's also kind of weird. Like, we didn't know what the fuck this game was going on. Uh, I think it was being made by Ubisoft Singapore. And I think something that got involved in this game was like the Singaporean government was like, all right, we need this game to come out it's like part of our like it's a whole thing long story short on the Xbox like back end, it got leaked that like the game is coming out sometime in November so the game is I believe coming out sometime in November I'm gonna keep it a buck I was super excited for this game because it was a spinoff of black flag and black flag is such a fucking awesome game and uh, I've lost all interest in this game it also didn't help that I've lost all interest in Assassin's Creed so like the one thing that was me to it is just entirely gone and I have no idea what this game is anymore. So
2: I don't even know what it looks like.
0: Well, I mean, they only showed like one video like years ago. So I wouldn't hold you to remember what it looks like. <laughs> but it was, it was just, I think it was just like a boat on ocean. It was like, oh, the water looks really cool. Um, uh, I am, I'm kind someone of. Someone called it a ex- pirate version of Destiny. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. But yeah, like I'm. <sighs> I'm kind of excited for this because I, as much as I played with black Fag, I didn't beat black Fag. I really did enjoy the ship combat. And I thought that was really cool. And for them to spin off something like that and like pretty, pretty much Avery saying like how he was excited for, it, like I was also excited for it. And then what they show is like, Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Like I would enjoy doing that. And then it just kind of went dark for years and it's like, Oh, are they still working on it? And then we get like rumors here and there about like, Oh, what's happening. It's in development hell or whatever. And then now we, we get the rumor of it coming out in November. I feel like Ubisoft is going to show something that's going to be impressive. Only because at this point, they have had it cooking for so long that if it wasn't going to be good, they wouldn't waste their time. And they'd just probably drop it and just push okay. out another Assassin's Creed or something. Well, okay. Like, so I don't...
3: On that point, if the rumors I've heard about the reason this game has to come out is because of the Singaporean government. I don't think Ubisoft is like, oh it has to be good it's just like oh this has to be a game and it has to come out i think this may or may oh. not be like the uh we're just cutting our losses this game just has to come out and we we need to move on what, well, what's the rumor about the singaporean government i believe the rumor is i think because the game is made by ubisoft singapore there is some uh uh like uh government stuff like tied into it like uh subsidies and like government credits and things like that that may be involved and I think that is saying that the game has to come out. This isn't a game that you thought we just quietly just cancel after all the things that's happened. This is the game that just uh, has to come okay. out So in my head. They're like, since we've heard nothing of it for years and it's prime no. summer and they haven't even spoken about this and it's this all leaked information from the uh, back end. This is a game that's like, they're just going to one day just have out. They're going to like talk about it, like maybe a month beforehand. They give it some marketing, yeah. but not enough marketing to yeah. be like, we're putting all our efforts into this.
0: Yeah, like if if I don't hear anything by August about this game, then I'll be like, oh, this is this is probably going to be crap. But we'll see, we'll see. Uh,
3: our next story is from <laughs> Paul Tassie from Forbes. Report claims that Cyberpunk 2077 bugs weren't caught because a QA company lied to CDPR. So, this is from a 72-page <laughs> document that was uh released by a whistleblower YouTuber named Upper echelon games who who reports on CD Project Red stuff. Uh he claims this is, most of the stuff in the document is just all internal uh, CD project stuff, and they assert that Quantic Lab over-exaggerated the size of their team working on Cyberpunk in order to keep the contract. That Quantic Glad said the team was made of senior staff, but it was instead made of juniors with under six months of experience in QA. Quantic Glad had a daily quota of reported bugs, which led to CDPR getting thousands of relatively pointless bug reports uh, from testers, which took upon a lot of time and caused game-breaking issues to not be found or play-tested. So they're assessing that like they were just sort of lied to to and its team of qa was just like farming bugs to them to make it seem like they were doing work uh when they when they really weren't focusing on the thing the cdpr uh, noted an addendum to this report is that there have been other people who have talked uh, about how the claims in this report and the whistleblowing things are all fake that the cdpr team had been working on this game and they knew its problems going into it and that this team is not responsible for the state of cd uh cyberpunk i guess the management of the team also has come out and like refuted this document and said that it's all bullshit and lies and everything like that yeah. i don't really know who to believe regards into this document that i will say that this, this is a whistleblower leaked information this was information that cd project red put out there to have like a oops we're sorry guys this is the real reason this is just, Something that happened to be a part of the reason that they alleged and it was leaked out where, whether this was leaked on purpose by CD Projekt Red or leaked accidentally, I don't know. It's just an interesting story.
0: Yeah, I. It's one of those things where, based off of my, you know, experience testing, this feels kind of weird that, like, because CD Projekt Red would know the state of their game. Like, they are farming out the testing, but they're also playing the game. So. For them to be like oh we just kind of faked a lot of the bugs or whatever like those bugs are very noticeable so they're gonna see the bug <laughs> so it's just it's like i don't know it's, it's weird it sound this feels very weird to me and it, it like the fact that it's a whistleblower thing and it didn't come out of cd project red and cd project red wasn't necessarily trying to throw the blame onto them and they're you know also saying like yeah we we played our game we knew how bad it was but like yeah i don't know this this just feels weird to me i don't know
1: yeah, it's also the timing of it is just strange because it's just so far removed from yeah, yeah. all of the controversy. So it's kind of like and nobody gave a shit
2: anymore. Why do you keep bringing this up? <laughs> right, we've moved past it.
0: I mean, that could also be part of it too. Like, hey, this is information out there, even though no one cares about it. But well,
3: well yeah. it, the context is that uh, a YouTuber who's built their I guess identity around reporting on CD project Red games, specifically Cyberpunk twenty seven seven. This is their bag to talk about this, which is why this got brought out into the the news. Gotcha. Yeah. On to the story that DJ wanted to talk about. Uh, Hideo Kojima. This is from IGN. This is from uh, Ryan Dinsdale from the Dinsdale Dome. Shout out to Blessing Aliyah Jr., who, if you're listening to this, had his recent birthday. Uh, so I'm just giving a shout out to him. Happy Birthday. It's always nice to see a young black king rising up in the, the ranks of video games journalism. Don't let these white men, aka Greg Miller, hold you down. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> uh, anyway, video says he worked on a concept similar to the boys and wanted Matt Bickelstein as the lead.
0: Yeah, so this is really cool because I am currently watching the boys, and generally, I am. Generally, I like to keep my TV content and my video game content like segregated. Like I don't, I don't necessarily want to see oh this but we get it yeah I, get I, it. like I don't want to I don't want to play a stranger things game like they had a game that really sounds like this is this why not I don't, because I, I don't, I, uh,
3: what if it's a good game
0: I mean I guess if it's good I mean if it's good then you know you're playing
3: before. a Gundam game what the fuck is wrong with you
0: Hey, but like, <laughs> but in the anime they pilot the Gundams to do this stuff so like you're already playing they're playing a game
1: you play Dragon Ball Z games
0: shut up okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're sorry <laughs> listeners, he has been exposed as a hypocrite and he is backpedaling now.
0: But anyways, um yeah, so uh I I actually think Hideo Kojima making a, like The Boys type of video game would be so cool for how he just interprets media and just his sp- like I didn't I you know, I didn't play Death Stranding, but I could appreciate like the creativity
1: you put into. I'm glad that. you finally admitted it.
2: <laughs>
0: what? I admitted it on the review. I just said I watched it.
1: <laughs> Yet you kept saying you played it. You <laughs> son of a. Bitch.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, because I press played. That's right. You're
2: right.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I just think like this would have been really, really cool. It would have probably turned out better than what the Suicide Squad game is is shaping up to be. But uh, you know, that's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, it just sucks that he's not. And then he's going to have Mads Mikkelsen as the lead. Like that would have been that would have been a treat. Crazy. Yeah.
1: That's the least surprising part of any Hideo Kojima story is that he wanted to work with Mads Mikkelsen because Mm -hmm. he is in love with that man down tremendous. Um. (laughs) But no, yeah, it's I'm curious, like what that would even look like, Um. but I would have been so intrigued. I'm right there with you, DJ, that just Mm -hmm. given the way that um, Kojima processes media and how big of a film and television fan he is. I think that that would have been a really interesting thing. Also kind of would have been interesting to see his take uh, on it just as, you know, coming from a different culture, you know? Yeah. Um, Because like, we don't really see much like outside of maybe my hero and a couple of other stories. We don't really see much in terms of like Japanese interpretations of superhero or like dep- their it, viewpoint. of. Well, it
3: depends if you're if you're using the context of superhero as in Western Superman and Batman and things like that. Yes. But if you're using the context yeah, of the, superhero. They that's what super- I
1: mean in terms of like because like, yeah, they had super sentai and stuff like that. But I mean, like the way that my hero the boys and whatnot like kind of show these superheroes as like brands and corporate entities and everything like that it would have been interesting to see uh kojima's take on that in a in a video game format but alas we'll just have to deal with uh never knowing
0: isn't isn't metal gear kind of like this in a way where like because because solid snake doesn't really have any powers but he's like fighting like ocelot and
1: mm, not uh, not really okay okay. it's 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 definitely him talking about the military industrial complex
0: yeah yeah okay i get you but yeah this would have been a cool thing for him to work on hopefully he's putting this down but then he would come back to it in a couple of years you know once boys kind of die down maybe true what's next avery
3: okay this is another story from kotaku this is from sissy jing this is uh latest genshin impact leaks spark whitewashing controversy okay so uh the thing about genshin is that it has culturally its main yes yes uh culturally its main uh areas of uh exploration are based on real world cultures they've sort of mashed up into a fantasy blender so you've got areas that are based on japan china germany this, areas are based on Russia, et cetera. Uh, an area that's been in the game, I believe it's called Sumeru, is based Sumeru. on South Sumeria, Asian, Sumerian implies is an IA at the end. It's, yeah, I think it's
0: right. Sumeru. Oh yeah, you're right, it is MWU, yeah. sorry, Anthony. Uh,
3: yeah, uh, is based on sort of a South Asian, uh, Northern Africa sort of like a- aesthetic, and some of the leaks revealed like at least three or four of the characters who all share the same skin palette that the majority of the Genshin cast shares. And a portion of the Genshin audience is justifiably upset at yeah. that.
0: Yeah, this is. I, I totally agree with the whole whitewashing of the characters. And it's really. It's a thing that I find super annoying. I've found super annoying and at this point, I'm just like, all right, whatever. It's, it's China making this game, so I don't I, I don't yeah. have super high expectations. Yeah, if it was an American studio, maybe you could expect a little bit more. But. Right, yeah. Um, there is a, a lady in the game and I'm trying Her name to is figure. John Yu. Yes, yes. There, uh, is, that, is that her? Is that her?
3: Nope. That's is not she her. the girl um, with the uh, guitar?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm that's looking her. for her i i didn't i didn't i didn't find her i thought that was her with someone else but um yeah so like there's only two actually like quote-unquote dark skin characters in the game and it is a thing of just like come on like you guys hit every white skin tone you you've hit you've nailed it all right like just let's get into like the the tander
2: version of them let's get into the dark skin characters are you white you don't know know all the white skin tones maybe they haven't hit them all maybe they're trying to hit a quota then they'll move on to us, all right? <laughs> they're trying to be the first game to hit all of the white skin. <laughs>
1: you know, at this point, though, like, I almost don't even want to see them go tan if they're just going to have them have the same facial structure and everything and just, like...
3: Well, that's that's another one of the arguments against this as a whole is that uh, there are areas that are based on Japan, China, yeah. Germany, distinct areas, but then when they got to the Sumeru, it's based on a hodgepodge of different cultures and countries and uh, ethnic states. So it's like, it's not even getting the due diligence of being, Oh, this is Thailand or this is uh, Pakistan. This is all of them rolled up in one big ball because we want to have the, we want to have a specific type of aesthetic for a world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that, that I just, I try not to think about as I'm, you know, grinding out these characters, and, but it is very annoying, and it's, it'd be nice to see some kind of representation, but I'm also just not expecting anything. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with the fans who are uh, outraged by this because we're all playing the game. Like, come on.
3: It's one of those things where like, I understand the outrage, and I understand where it's coming from in terms of like mm. why this is happening from Miho China is the main focus of this game, Uh, I I want to remind everyone that when Diablo Immortal was uh, uh, announced, they removed the one black character from the Diablo 3 cast into that game to market it for China. So that's a fun piece of uh, anecdotal information to know about sort of the Chinese market. So I'm not shocked that a Chinese studio didn't sit there and like, we need to check diversity uh, tokens in terms of our development. I'm also, I know I am guilty of this as a creator in that like, as someone who's obsessed with fucking Arturian myth, when I create fantasy worlds, all of them look like uh European fantasy, except one mm-hmm. section that will be inevitably Japanese because that's the only other thing I'm super into. So it's like, I get the creative pitfalls of running into something like that. But it's one of those things that it sucks for the dark-skinned Genshin fans who want to see themselves represented in this game. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, this is a, so they follow up to a conversation we had last week about uh roe v wade and various studios uh reacting to this this is from sushi jangle again from Kotaku. uh tensions rise at bethesda as employees pressure company on abortion measures so when the roe v wade stuff happened microsoft remained relatively quiet when it reached out they pretty much just uh pointed to their policies about abortion and things like that but they didn't really make a line in the sand about how anyone really felt about the matter Bethesda was one of the few uh, studios who actually, in in the Microsoft Umbrella, I believe only two, them and Double Fine, who said anything. And Bethesda's statement is, we believe the ability to make choices about one's body and lifestyle is a human right. Internally, the company is falling apart on this issue because the people aren't exactly clear on whether Bethesda proper is going to follow the Microsoft, like, "Quote unquote" guideline for abortion rights, and Bethesda apparently isn't being clear on that. There are m- multiple members of the Bethesda like community who are anti Roe v Wade and are calling this a uh, a victory, and they're being relatively vocal within company channels about how this is something that we supported. There are people who find Bethesda's actual response the uh, we believe the ability to make choices about one's lifestyle is a human right. The lifestyle thing is like a coded message to LGBT people about like certain aspects so it's like it's it's a clusterfuck going on right now
2: yeah
0: yeah i'm i'm gonna want to do some digging on this to figure out like what's what's happening on the inside yeah but it's, it sucks man like when, when you when you put out vague statements like that of course people can just be like well what the hell does that mean like what does that mean
1: yeah it leaves up too much for interpretation and exactly. so it's like That's why I'm so adamant about people just planting a flag in the sand and standing on that, because that way, at least nobody can be like, like you said, what do you mean by that? It's clear.
3: It also doesn't help that Bethesda is one of two Microsoft studios that said anything that Microsoft as a whole didn't put a flag in the sand. Like I mentioned this last time that like Sony. SIE actually did point a flag in the sand in regards to how they feel, but that was already buoyed by pretty much 50% to 75% of their studios all coming together and putting a statement that pretty much reads, I read like this, a major company doesn't have to say anything if everyone below them is saying the exact same thing, which is pretty clear that this is what the company stands for, then the company went on after the fact and saying, hey, this is what we stand for. Uh, But uh, a choice quote from someone who works at Bethesda is, we waited with bated breath on Friday for studios to issue a statement, as other studios beat us to the punch by several hours. So it's one of those things where this wasn't like, oh, oh we're clearly like waiting on like corporate oversight to be like, what message did we put out. It's like we don't know if we're putting out a message.
0: Right. Yeah. Man, that is troubling.
3: Yeah. Uh, it sucks. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that. Microsoft remains committed to at least being supported of abortion rights and policy that a corporate thing altogether. I'm not actually sure of the corporate structure between Bethesda, Xbox, Microsoft, and all that, and whether Bethesda actually falls under that because despite it being a Microsoft subsidiary, they're still considered a separate entity and all things that like it was the Xbox, Bethesda showcase and not just the Xbox showcase. So
2: mm-hmm. we'll
3: see. Uh, our next story, this is a Sean story. Uh, what is that, this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This is from Polygon. Uh, this is from Nicole Carmeter. Like the PS5 design, maybe you'll like Sony's new gaming monitor and headsets. So a couple weeks ago, Sean posted in our uh, Slack channel that Sony was announcing something called The Zone. Get in the zone, Auto Zone. And in zone, all, yeah. In well, they, they said, it was like, are you ready for The Zone? In Zone is what they're calling it but we recently it was introduced to us as in the zone or some bullshit like that. Anyway, it was announced as a form of high grade PC oriented, uh, monitors and headset for gaming. These are prohibitively expensive for me in regards to like the headset looks super dope. I'd love to get one, but I don't have $300, $400 to just pay for a, Hey yeah, that's wild. Oh, gaming wireless headset. Uh, I do know that, shout out to Valorant fans, Sony had a marketing deal with Play Valorant for uh, the next uh, Masters Tournament in Copenhagen, where they're going to be using all this stuff. So, like, it seems to be of a good enough quality that, like, esports athletes are being like, yeah, yeah, we would 100% use this tech.
0: That's pretty good. I mean, if if they can get esports into it, then they're pretty much set. Like, that should work for them. I don't know. I don't I really got much to say that. I'm not getting any of this stuff. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Keep, keep it
2: moving. Tony. Yeah. Um, I like the look of them. I am using a steel series and I tend to buy anything that has like USB type C. And I'm kind of upset that like they released the updated version of the headset that I'm using maybe like three months after with USB type C. So like the only nice. reason I might get the headset is for that. So I don't have to use a different charging cord. Like I use these wired with the controller now just because mm-hmm. I don't feel like charging them up. Yeah. so I mean I, I may or may not get it I don't know but I mean these these work these are fine I don't know
3: yeah if I'm ever in the market for a good gaming monitor for my PC when I eventually upgrade I might look into the end zone and hopefully by that point it's a more affordable thing I think it, it will look really dope right next to my PlayStation so that's cool uh but anyway let's move on to our next story this is from Jeremy Winslow from Kotaku God of War Ragnarok producers asked Rabbit sands to chill out over reveal rumors So what happened was uh, there was another story that we eventually cut, but it was talking about uh, Cy Cooper. But long story short, there's been a lot of leaks and people leaking information and uh, uh, essentially saying stuff that studios haven't outright confirmed. And it's led to a lot of fans being just rabid and let's just say, uh, being assholes to developers, like sending dick pics and whatnot to them. (coughs) What the fuck?
2: Uh I have never sent an unsolicited dick pic. I just I,
0: don't
3: understand. Long story short, it's people being angry that there's no reveal date.
2: But like
0: That's wild, dude. The send dick yourself. Like, like, like
1: <laughs> Angry dick pics? <laughs> angry <laughs> dick pics? <laughs> like <laughs> what? What are you trying to accomplish here? This is not going to make them want to put out the game quicker. So let me work faster. Work faster or the dick pics will continue. The
3: The argument that people have been operating under is give us a release date so we can plan our year. Because there's going to be a $70 game and I'd like to know when I can buy it and where I can save the $70 for
0: it. Just save it now. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my right. gosh. People are just... The worst sometimes.: What man. doesn't help
3: is the insider saying that "Hey, we're getting a state of play about this at this time." We didn't get that state of play. Okay, the game has been delayed. My insider scoop is telling us the game has been delayed eternally. Turns out, game has been delayed eternally. All right, it's like there's so much conflicting information about people reporting on the release date and not the release date, yeah. what's going on in development that is just causing just rapidity in fans who have' who are just awful in general and are just looking for an opportunity to be awful.
1: Yeah, That's people the are putting. Fall of uh, the leak culture in uh, the information age. Nothing is sacred anymore.
0: Yeah, people are putting expectations on these leaks versus taking them for a grain of salt, which is what you're supposed to do.
2: Not everybody deserves internet access. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh man, uh, Corey Brawlog has been relatively consistent on that. Riding Rock is coming, <laughs> so like. Just let us work on it. Stop fucking yelling at us. Let us finish the game. (laughs) And all actual reports from reputable sources indicate that the game is still on track for 2022. So there's that. Mm. So just calm down. It'll come out sometime at the end of the year. You'll play the game. It will either be the best thing you've ever played or a game. Just deal with it. Move on. (laughs) Uh, And our final story is from IGN. This is from uh, Matt Kim. Sega is looking to adapt Atlas games for live action TV and movies, including persona. So this appears to be in the, uh, wake of the success they've had with Sonic and turning that into a multimedia genre, spanning global franchise that they want to mine the rest of their IPs. And I, I think this is me putting my own thoughts into it. That persona is bigger than Sonic, but that's not, no, in terms of better. Oh, I don't know about bigger. Better. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, if I'm looking at Sega's IP and I'm like, oh, what's the next biggest thing that we could turn into a thing? I would turn to Persona. Uh, and yeah. Live action, though. Is yeah, that? Yeah. That, well, that's, that's where there have been multiple Persona yeah. anime because Persona is, frankly, an anime It with video game bolted onto it. And for the most part, they're good, okay, or not great. They're, they're never as.
0: Which cool. one was people shooting themselves?
3: That's Persona 3.
1: Okay. Hopefully, they don't do that one. No,
3: they have a series of anime movies, I believe. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, they were like a OVA, right?
3: Yeah, we've had a brief discussion in our, our our Discord about this matter. I'm of the mindset that I'm not interested at this at all because I frankly know that an adaptation of Persona is going to try and distance it from the Japaneseness of Persona mm. in terms of its development. I think there's something inherently Japanese within the like DNA of the persona franchise is. I think removing that for the quote unquote diversity aspect is like less than interesting to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I sat through and I watched the uh, bleach live action thing, so I'll I'll probably check this out.
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm of the mind that either like if they do do a live action one and it is a fully Japanese cast and by all means, because uh, you won't hear any detractions from me on that, because I think that that is um, probably the best way to go about it. On the flip side, there is a part of me that could see, but it's a bigger risk and it's it's uh, um, it opens up the door for too much to go wrong. But I think that there are certain aspects of persona um, that could work with a more diverse framework if they did it right but once again too much of a risk so if they did do it and they tried to just americanize it there's a strong possibility think, they do it wrong
3: like they're basing this entirely on the success of sonic to mind their ip and i like the sonic movies i think they're fun i think a lot of those movies are driven by people's nostalgia for sonic and their willingness to just accept Things about the franchise because they're bits of Sonic. Well, I think Persona is the next best and biggest thing that they have in their like uh, IP portfolio. It doesn't have the nostalgia of 30 plus years of Sonic to allow them to get away with things. And so like when Hollywood adaptation of this that's going to make it Western is just like I see them tripping over themselves before they even get to the finish line.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and no, I, that's, before why, before. that's why I say it's, it's definitely a risk, you know. So um, I am cautiously keeping my eye on it. But would I say I'm excited? No.
3: That is a quick hit.
0: All right. Well, now that we've gotten through the quick hits, before we jump into what we've been playing, we have a word from our sponsors.
1: Hey everybody, have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best last news reviews and all things video games? Then we need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, share it with your friends, family, friend and me, people down the street. Every little bit helps. To see what we're up to throughout the week, follow us on either Facebook and Instagram at PressX2START, on Twitter at PressX2S, and on YouTube at pressx 2 TV. If you've done this many things, you win the good ones.
0: And we are back. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Marcus, tell us about it.
1: Yeah. So I uh, was fortunate enough to. get in on the overwatch 2 beta thanks to my good friend slash blizzard plug who i will not name because i don't want them to get in trouble but yeah yeah, i um was fortunate enough to jump in on that and i will say i put in i put in a few hours i didn't put in as much time as i would have wanted to but i put in enough time to get a general impression of the game um first thing i want to say is it takes some getting used to even if you are a tenured overwatch player like i am at this point it's not a different game but there are fundamental ways that it is different and so it's not something that you could just like jump into yeah like it's not like a lateral move um even outside of the fact that it's 5v5 now one thing that i do want to let people know is even though from a role queue standpoint it is now one tank two dps and two uh support they still do have open queue so it is entirely possible for you to still be able to run two tanks or whatever it's just you're sacrificing one role um so i did see that uh, i did play through a few open queue games and got a chance because that was the only way i got to play tank because on roll queue the only thing that was like under 10 minutes in terms of queue time
3: was yes, support. support and which is the worst yeah. role to play right now
1: yikes yeah though i will say that like i noticed with uh the way that they've kind of reworked the game i feel like it's harder to unless you are unless you're like reckless it's a little harder to die like it's really? yeah i i i feel like um everyone feels a bit more beefy yeah yeah like i feel like um definitely tanks and stuff are more beefy because they kind of have to be uh but because they had to beef things up or beef the tanks up especially um because now with roll queue at least they're only playing with one of them on top of that there is this aspect of i think they maybe not nerfed but diminished the alts a little bit so they're not as powerful like Mm -hmm. i remember there'll be times playing overwatch one where even without being super strategic you could turn the tide of a game with a well-placed alt and and the alts in that game were so powerful uh depending on who you're playing that you could wipe an entire team i played for several hours and I don't think I ever saw a situation where one alt wiped a team like I saw like combination situations and then they were able to do a team kill. But one, yeah, it seems like they've um, kind of, I guess, diminished the alts a little bit. So I feel like you got to be a little smarter, a little more strategic with your alts now. Um,
0: I I guess just to just to chime in, like, because I think one of the things that I was hearing a lot from or I guess earlier impressions of the game that it felt a lot like more back and forth between like you're pushing the the opponents are pushing like you're pushing, but it wasn't like, Oh, they've completely wiped our team out. Okay. So now they're really like covering a lot more ground. So it, it seems like what you're saying kind of like aligns with that. So, yeah, I think,
1: yeah, I think they wanted to ultimately make it feel a little more balanced because I, in the hours that I played, there was never a situation where I saw somebody get rolled or my team got rolled like it was always yeah, yeah pretty good back and forth. Um, even if it was a relatively one sided match, there was always a moment where they turned the tides at least a little bit. Did that feel better to you than like Overwatch one or was it just like, oh, this is just different? <sighs> there are certain things that feel better, um, okay. like the mobility is smoother now. Yeah. Which is nice. It's just I'm so used to Overwatch one that it still is a bit of an adjustment, but it's definitely a little more smooth in terms of mobility. The stages or at least the new stages are bigger. uh, And because of that, there's more. I remember one of my biggest complaints with stages in Overwatch one was sometimes you could find yourself in like a dead end. And then you just like awkwardly try to have to find your way (laughs) back to the main area.
2: Mm Like when I was playing,
1: whereas with the newer (laughs) stages, they're so big and so connected that like it almost seems like any tunnel could lead you to uh, another part of the stage, right?
0: Um, So real quick about the stages. Like, do you feel like there's more verticality to the stages or they're still like kind of not still, but like, are they more just kind of like one to two level kind of thing?
1: I'd say there's more verticality. Once again, they're bigger um yeah. and yeah it's it's almost uh, the first couple games i played was almost a little overwhelming just because i'm I, I was i wasn't used to it um yeah. but not in a bad way it was just like oh okay wow uh let's see let's see junker queen is fun junker Queen's one of those characters that just like i said she'll probably have to be nerfed because she is the type of character especially if you've got like good support that could not die Like, Mm, like if you're playing Junker Queen well and you got good support, you might not die because she has the uh, war cry um, ability thing that she does where that just kind of not only buffs the rest of the team for a short period of time, but like you could be almost dead. And then you hit the war cry and that gives you like a little bit of uh, extra padding. And so if you got good support on you, then you could basically keep yourself from death repeatedly and then you know she's got the bleed effect she's got you know her shotguns are powerful her shotgun is powerful um the throwing knife and then her alt with just like the extended bleed effect like you i doubt you'd have to be pretty low in health to get killed by her alt but mm-hmm. if she hits that alt and she runs and she goes through if she gets like the entire team with the bleed effect oh you're getting picked off yeah you are getting picked off
0: hard so she it seems like she works super well with like a a coordinated team then
1: right oh yeah absolutely um junker queen is actually it's probably for the best that Mm. it's not 6v6 anymore because good lord Mm. if you had a shield tank and junker queen your ass is grass like it's Roadhog is still a threat, but like Junker Queen, for my money, is the best brawler uh, tank in the game. And yeah, it's uh, I look forward to playing a bit more with her uh, just to kind of get more reps with her. But yeah, um, overall, it's more Overwatch. So, you know, if you're not really into Overwatch, this won't change your mind. Because, like I said, even though it's different, it's still fundamentally the same kind of thing. But if you're an Overwatch fan, it does take things that um, the other game might have needed work on and improves upon them. And it feels fresh. And as someone who loves Overwatch, I had a lot of fun with it. And I will continue to have fun with it. Cool. Yeah, like,
0: just to, I guess, uh, tack on, like me playing the few days I had with Gundam evolution got me really excited for overwatch too. Cause it's like, Oh, this, this feels like good. Like the headshot, like that sound effect. Cause uh, everything that's from Gundam evolution is just borrowed from, from overwatch. So I'm just like, Oh, this is all just skills I can transition over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And I I will say also from a sound design standpoint, this game is crisp. Like, the the extra sound, the sound that they got in the wild, um, and just going to like shooting ranges and whatnot to like get more accurate gun sounds and whatnot, it really shows. It, it's pretty good. Genji's sword sounds like an M sixteen. Goddamn.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hanzo's arrow sounds like a rocket launcher.
0: Right. <laughs> Is that an RPG? <laughs>
1: One Uh, thing I also will say, though, about the beta, um, which I mean, I guess by this point, once the episode comes out, there'll be only like one week left of beta. But you can't um, like there's no mic for the beta. Uh, So like you're just going to have to. uh, Play it, you're basically, you know, trusting that people will communicate uh, like through game sense. But yeah, there's no there's no mic channel. Uh is there a ping system?
3: Hmm? There is a ping in Overwatch 2. It's weird. It's not as express expressive as a Apex ping system, but because one of the things they have to account for is that when when you ping something, it keeps an active ping on the target even when they move out of sight. But when you have characters Uh, like a Sombra who can just teleport and be invisible, that sort of breaks the game and breaks that character so they had to account for that so it's it's an interesting system
1: yeah and then um last thing i'll say is the stat screen is different now which was it. also kind of jarring for me I, I hate because it. yeah it now basically looks like a call of duty or apex stat screen and because now you can see everyone's stats yeah. That's gonna get toxic quick. Uh-oh. That is a mistake to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you you gonna see who the weak link on the team is fast, <laughs> and it's. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Once mics are in play, oh yeah, it could get bad I'll, real fast. I
2: apologize yeah. in advance.
1: <laughs>
2: You're talking all that shit about
3: how good you are with somber. What happened, Sean? Sean. Anyone who's playing Overwatch for stats is a fucking crazy person. It's an objective place <laughs> game. If you win and you have 99% time on the objective, then I don't give a yeah. shit. If you did zero damage, you're the reason we won this game.
1: That's true. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I try to top my healing marks every time. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, I mean, oh,
3: if you're playing okay. a healer, yes, because nothing sucks to be playing the healer and then get like outhealed by a diva, which is like, how are they even possible?
0: i playing the healer and got the most kills on the team. Like, what were you
1: doing? You know, I, I have had that happen. I play
3: Moira and I forget that character can heal.
1: <laughs> I have had that happen. Uh, but, oh my God. Sean, I'm very curious to see how you take to Arisa because she is different. I mean, I might change some, you somebody else at this point if they change her. No, I'm just saying like because she doesn't have the shield anymore, but she's a threat.
3: Let's have a conversation right now since we're all talking about us playing Overwatch and... Because of the role system, we all need definitive roles in what characters we're playing. I'm saying this now. I will take the support role. I will take that.
0: I'll be support too.
3: Fuck <laughs> to you, DJ. You're playing You're playing one of the two DPS roles. You got there with that bullshit. I got band-aids.
2: <laughs> I'm playing the guy that
1: shoots the other people. <laughs>
3: oh
1: my god. You already know I'm tanker support.
3: So you're worth? gonna play main tank for us, which means I, Sean, you will also play DPS, and then we just need to find another support player. Actually, we get Douglas. Douglas, Douglas, play the mean oh, yeah. ass Mercy and the mean yeah. ass Mora. If,
2: if Douglas still loves us,
1: <laughs> yeah. But all right, that's my thoughts on the Overwatch Two beta um, next week. Uh, if I'm on, I'll probably have some more thoughts. But yeah, that's that's kind of like the the meat and potatoes of it.
2: Okay, that's dope.
0: All right, uh, Sean. What have you been playing?
2: Whew. Um, so I played Doom. I finished it, and man, that feels like peak American propaganda. Um, <laughs> just the caucasity of this man. <laughs> not only, well, you know what? It's not him. I think I think it's the government or whatever was going on in there. But they they colonize Mars, and then they send him to hell. And they're like, "Why you're there?" know because they had a hell invasion or whatever but it's like while you're there kill everybody who's in there it just it just rubbed me the wrong way that's all wow and then um, i mean
3: i mean to be fair to the doom slayer hell is full of corpses of human beings being mutilated and fucked up so this is not a good place to be and then everyone wants to kill you on site so
2: i i just felt like his directive that he was given while you're there, kill everybody. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, I've been playing Dead Cells, DJ. I think you might like it. You should try it. It's on. Yeah, yeah. I actually I wanted, wanted to it try. I gotta figure out where it is. Is, um, is it?
0: Is that premium or is that essential?
3: Is It's extra. It's extra.
0: Extra? That's the middle, the middle tier, right? The middle tier.
3: Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
3: But I mean, mm-hmm. go on. Just ball up, man. Yeah, um I would,
2: I would Wow. Like All the games I played start with D, Um, but I'm enjoying Dead Cells. (laughs) I'm going to keep on playing it. Uh, Hopefully I can finish it at some point. Well, it's a roguelite, so finish is relative. But um, Mm. I started Dragon's Dogma last night and um, I had the volume low, so I didn't get all the dialogue. So I'm going to restart it. Yeah, but uh, I didn't even fight anything major. I fought maybe like the first couple little easy mobs. And so it, you... I was still in the tutorial section.
0: Okay. So you didn't you didn't start was... in the like the underground area with the party already? Or did you do I that? Yes.
2: I mean you started as like a level twenty character or something.
0: something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you didn't get to the yeah. end of that.
2: No, I was still in the tutorial okay. where it's like press R2 to grab things off the floor. Yes. And yes, my yes. what the fuck you call it? My pet well, I don't know what you call it. Your pawn.
0: <laughs> my pet. Yes. Like, <laughs> my same gimp.
2: Shit, same shit, right? I, I thought I was trying to pick something off the ground, and I picked up the pawn and threw it. And yeah, like, oh, this is... you know what? Let me let me restart this and actually pay attention, because this is getting crazy. I'm just just picking up people that throw them.
1: You ever just beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker?
2: <laughs> so I say, yeah. Let me let me restart this with the volume up. So I'm gonna actually pay attention to what the hell is going on. Go like, all right, this mm-hmm. is this is getting crazy, and I haven't even mm-hmm. gotten to anything major yet. So. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, i'm gonna try to experience it, yeah, that ends with a a pretty um a pretty decent fight, but yeah like your your characters are are spec to be able to handle that, so
2: so does that care I'm, uh-huh. do you lose that character then i'm yeah. guessing yeah i yeah. I figured i'm like I started level twenty this makes no sense I yeah like he's yeah,
0: die. and you you basically yeah, things happen, and it. I don't. I don't want to spoil anything, but I don't. Know, I don't know how far you, you plan on getting into it, but like things happen, and you you're presented with the main character, and you can customize that character, and you can pick the class, and so on and so forth. Um, I will say in terms of recommendations, because you might start with mage. Mages, you don't know me. Yeah, <laughs> unless you have like good pawns. Like you might actually be able to get my pawn because you're my friend, but I don't I don't remember exactly want, how that works. If you, Sean, if you I want to I
3: want to I want to roll the clock back when we were talking about Elden Ring. Now I was making a lot of recommendations and everything I knew about from Souls games, and DJ was just ignoring everything I said because the internet told him better. So ignore everything he just said right now and just do you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I am the internet, Avery. Internet. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say like you could try the the Strider class because you're able yeah. to. That class is more likely able to grab onto the monsters and hold on for a longer period of time. The Soldier class can do it, but it's like the stamina is like shorter. And the Mage Ooh. class is just like the shortest out of the three, I believe. But yeah, that should right. be fun. That should be fun. Let me know. I, I'll uh I'll be interested in in what you uh your thoughts on the game. Um, and that's it though, right?
2: Yeah. OK.
0: Um. All right. Uh. DJ, what you've been playing? I have been playing this little game called Roller Champions. Anyone remember that game? Yes. Of course. Avery does. How about Marcus? No. And Sean? No. OK, so Roller Champions was a game that Ubisoft showed off like maybe like three years, three, three, four years ago, something like that. A very long time ago. And I was like, oh, this is like a little roller skating thing. Where you, you go around the rink and like, you hit the opponent and the idea is to take this ball and throw it into a goal to score points and win the game. And then it went dark for years and no one knew what was going on with it. There was some like you know, rumors and stuff and then Ubisoft just, just threw it out into the world. Um, I actually heard about this game's release from uh, Blessing from Kind of Funny. I was like, "Oh, I I didn't realize it came out." And he played it. He said he had a good time. I was like, "All right, I'll give it a chance." It's a free to play game. There is a uh, battle pass. It's the typical Ubisoft, you know, thing that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I jumped in. I made a character. I did a tutorial. I'm like, "Oh, this is this is this is all right." I played one match, and I'm like, "Mm, "This is this is okay." And then I realized I could just spend my time just tackling the fuck out of people (laughs) So I basically just became the DPS of our group and I was just tackling people and I had a, I had a great time. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Let me try this scoring thing. So I grabbed the ball. I ran around the rink. I saw the the little um hoop thing that you got to throw and I threw the ball and went through the hoop. I got three points and I was like, this game is actually kind of fun. So I played about three games in total. They, they go for about Seven to eight minutes or something like that. It's kind of long. It should be a bit shorter. Um the downfall that are or the negatives that I had with this game is that there is a point where the ball can go back and forth a little too much where no one's actually scoring a point, and we're just like, oh, you tackle the ball out of me. Okay, I'm running around, I'm tackling the ball out of you. And it's like it's a it's a game of three on three. So that kind of got a little boring, like time rolling around, and that game ended with like our team just scoring one point or something like that. And I was like, mm, that's a long time for eight minutes to just score one point. Um, the battle pass is, or their, their, their monetization strategy is completely just asinine. You, you, you level this thing up, you get different gloves, you get different shirts and, and clothes and stuff. And it's like, mm, this don't feel good. Um, I think the core of the game is really solid. I just think the stuff that's bolted onto it in terms of the monetization stuff, does doesn't really yeah. feel great
3: So yeah. the reason uh i reason i didn't check out roller champions and this is really shallow is i just don't think it looks good and what i mean it doesn't look good i think the character the actual like characters in the game look super bland and like in a super weird way and i think the issue is that because they wanted to go with a gender fluid sort of style in regards to all the characters where like mm-hmm. you can put any character's head on any character's body. Every actual design just looks weird in a weird yeah. way that I just yeah. I don't think aesthetically works for me. And like yeah. as like I ah, I just can't deal with this. And I you know how I feel yeah. about character creators.
0: <laughs> and you know what? I'll even add on to that. Like, I think this is a Ubisoft problem that I've I've seen, I've spotted, and I've just like noted to myself. And it's it's apparent here too where they have this character creator that they use for a lot of their games, and it's just you can tell because when you make the character and the character spawns into the game, the character just has a blank stare on his face while it's scrolling through the other characters, and it's just like, and it's like you didn't even I, bother putting an expression on this. Like, what is happening? And it's, I,
3: I, I linked an <laughs> image in the chat, and this is what the image they are using to sort of like uh, like uh, advertise the game. Like, these are the characters that are using to advertise the game. You can't make that type of character in this game with the character with the game's character creator
0: at all. Yeah, that blew me too because I was like, Oh, I can do a cool hairstyle like this. There's no hairstyles in this game because all your characters wear helmets.
1: It's a shame. I mean, if you can't do hairstyles right, then give them none at all. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's (laughs) ball.
0: All right, uh that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, I've been playing the, the normal Gundam and in, in Genshin. Um I don't really got much to say about that. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, um that's pretty much it for what we have been playing. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcasting apps. Don't forget to like, subscribe and hit the notification bell on our YouTube channel, your favorite YouTube channel. Um you know, we just we just want you to play games. You just, just have a good time. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know, just just be true to yourself. You know, don't let the government weigh you down. Fight.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Hope you all doing. had a happy anti-4th of July.
1: Absolutely. Word. Uno out.